Hey everybody, this is AJ, the Media and Creative Director for Lifehouse Church. We are so glad you are checking out our most recent message, and we hope it encourages you, challenges you, and most of all, inspires you to go show the world they are loved and highly valued. Enjoy the message. We appreciate you so much for being with us. If you have a Bible, and, and I hope you do, and if you don't have a Bible, I hope that next time you're here, which I hope is next week, that you'll bring a Bible with you. Uh, a real one, not a fake iPhone Bible or a terrible Android. Ugh. Ugh. Get rid of the green bubble, man. Go ahead and get to John chapter 11. And as you're going there, uh, a few things I want to say. First of all, welcome to our kids' house kids being part of Family Sunday with us. Yeah, we are so excited to have you in the house with us, and today will be different. Last week, I probably preached one of the longest messages I've ever preached. Uh, This week, my goal is to preach one of the shortest messages I've ever preached, because I want to be aware of the circumstances and having our children in here, as well as we're having a cookout after our service today, and, and I'm hungry. Um... The reason why we're having a cookout today is because we want to celebrate Memorial Day. And, um, you know, I, I was, I was, I saw some stuff online and I, and I put a few things together and I just wanted to share this. Memorial Day is the most expensive holiday on the calendar. Because every hot dog, can I get an amen? All beef though, right? Mmm. Every burger, can I get a glory? Come on, somebody. I'm preaching good already, and you don't even know it. Every hot dog, every burger, every, every visit you get to take to the lake or cookout that you have with friends and family is a debt purchased by somebody else. You see, today we celebrate Memorial Day in honor of those who paid by their life and with their blood whose moms never got to see them again, whose dads wept in private, whose spouses raised kids alone, and whose kids only remembered them from pictures. You see, this is not just a holiday. Rather, it is a day to remember all of those who gave up their own life so that we could worship freely. Aren't you glad that we can worship freely? You know, I've had the privilege of visiting countries where what we're doing right now was not allowed by the government. That we would all be in danger of prison or worse because of what we're doing right now. Which, which should all the more mean that we should not do what we're doing flippantly. They gave up their life so that we could worship freely, so that we could speak freely, and so that we could live freely and so while today I don't want to make the message or even just the service about Memorial Day I do believe it appropriate to just take a few moments and to stop and to recognize the importance that is this long weekend this holiday can we just take a moment and pray for the families of those 
who have lost people that they love, protecting our freedoms. This isn't about politics. It isn't about your, your persuasion politically. I don't give a rip about that. That's not my point. This is about appreciating people who gave up so that we didn't have to. Father, we thank you that while our country certainly isn't as important as the kingdom of God, but Lord, we do thank you that we get to live in a country where we can openly spread and pursue the kingdom of God. And we recognize that the reason we get to do that, first and foremost, is because of Jesus but also, God, because of men and women who laid down their lives so that we wouldn't have to. And so we stop and we pay honor and tribute to those. We ask your blessings of comfort and peace upon family members who had to say goodbye way too early because of the sacrifice that was made. And once again, we pray it in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Man, it is good to be in church with you today. You look good. You look good. You look at, I mean, you look good. Yeah, Chad, like that shirt. Yeah. Who was that? Was that Ethan? You look good, boy. <laughs> um, it's good to be here. I want to I honor and welcome our University of Tennessee Chi Alpha back with us today. They've been, and I'm, I would do air quotes if I had both hands free, they've been out of the country for a couple of weeks, and, um, and I'm just glad to have them back today. We sure do appreciate you and your ministry and all of those who work and serve alongside you. One more time, can we show our appreciation? I see uh, several faces that I don't know in the congregation today. I just want to invite you to stick around after our service. Uh, and hang out with us. We'd love to get to know you better and to spend some time with you. Can we give it up for our guests who are joining us today? Can I just be honest with you and tell you, it has already been a morning. I mean, like, I feel like I've lived at least four days in the last four hours. We've had power going out. We've had We've had sound systems that don't want to cooperate. We had this wonky electric guitar player that just jumped back there and started messing things up. So uh, it's been a day. But how many, Don said this earlier in our, our, our meeting back there, there, there's no such thing as a bad day in the kingdom. Amen? So we're going to jump into the Word. We're going to have fun today. Are you guys ready to have fun today? Come on, kids' house, are you ready to have fun today? All right. I'm going to have fun whether you like it or not. So, you got your Bible, go to John chapter 11, and I want to recap a story that, that many of you probably know, uh, but I don't really hear it preached on a lot. And, and, and I just, and full, full disclosure, today I am doing my very best, which is probably not going to be that good, I'm doing my very best to, to have fun with our kids today. And to teach a little bit of, uh, of, of the Bible and to encourage every one of us in the room. So I need your help today. I need amens even when I don't deserve it, okay? I need hallelujahs just because God's good even when they're preaching, ain't amen? All right. So this is what the Bible says in John chapter 11, verse number 1. I'm, gonna read, I'm not going to read this entire story, but I want to go ahead and introduce it. A man 
named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. Now, if, if you know the story, you know that what happens is Lazarus is sick. Word gets to Jesus that, hey, your friend Lazarus is sick. You need to come do something about it. Now, by this time in Jesus' life and ministry, people have already been healed of sicknesses. Uh, miracles have already occurred. Water has already been turned into grape juice, right? <laughs> I'm, there's a good preacher joke hidden in there that doesn't make sense to a lot of people. You know, all these things have happened. So, so word gets to Jesus, hey, you've got a friend in this other city that's not that far away from you. He is sick. He needs you to come and see him. So eventually, eventually, Jesus makes his way to Bethany. And this is what it says in verse 17. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for four days. And, and I want to just unpack very briefly this morning how Lazarus's is that how you say it? Lazarus's or Laz, Lazarus? Lazarus's? I want to unpack today a little bit of how Lazarus's story gives us an example of what God wants to do in each of our lives. Now, when you read this story, you, you recognize that, that Jesus... How many of you have lived this that you know that Jesus hardly ever does for you what you want, how you want, and when you want it? But His way, even though sometimes it's difficult to see it, His way is always the best way, Right? His, his, he doesn't do it when, but he does. He, you know, I believe it was Karen. I believe it was Karen Wheaton used to have a song that said, uh, "He may get there four days late, but he's still always on time." Kind of thing. I'm, I'm told somebody knows this song in this room, and you need to sing it really loud right now, so I don't feel so silly about it. He's never late. He's never late. Even when you think he's late, he's not late. Even when you think he's not coming through, he is coming through. He's making a way when there seems like there is no way, even when you don't see the way being made in the moment. That's just how he works. And so this is what it says if you skip on down to verse number 32. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here. If only you would have come all these days ago when we first reached out to you, and if you would have showed up when you could have showed up, you could have made a difference. But now, it's too late, and my brother is dead. Verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her. Anybody want to give me their impersonation of a person wailing? Yeah, because he says, you know, the Bible's very specific. There's somebody weeping, but then there's these other people who are wailing. I don't, that's, that's not fishing for big fish, okay? That's something else. They were, they were wailing. But I love this phrase, and by love it, I mean I hate it. I love that it's there, but I, I hate that it has to be there. This is what it says. A deep anger welled up within Jesus. And he was deeply troubled. 
You know, there's, there's only a few times that you see Jesus really get angry. One of them is when his house, the temple, he says is being made into a, a den of thieves whenever they're taking advantage of people to, to exchange currencies, to take advantage of them wrongly so that they can go and worship. You know, Jesus gets mad then. It's one of my favorite stories. He starts flipping over tables, busting people in the lip. I mean, that's how I read it. Throwing stuff at people. Come on, somebody. You know, Jesus, Jesus gets frustrated every so often with his disciples. He'll say something like, oh, you of little faith. Um, but this one's really interesting to me. Because in this situation, nobody's done anything wrong. You follow me? Nobody, nobody has said something or done anything that is explicitly wrong, but it says a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Verse 34 says, he, he, uh, Jesus says, where have you put him? And they told him, Lord, come and see. And then, you know, here's your favorite you know, Bible memory verse, John eleven thirty five. Then Jesus wept. I... I have wrestled with, you know, what, what, was, what did Jesus get mad about? What was Jesus upset over? What caused Jesus to move from, from being angry to, to actually being so internally distraught that he began to weep? And, and ultimately, this is my conclusion. Now, you may have your own conclusion, but this is my conclusion. I think that Jesus was so upset because, and you have to remember, Jesus knows what he's about to do, right? Now, let me just, let me go ahead and spoil the story for you. Jesus is going to bring ba- Lazarus, not Lazarus, he's going to bring Lazarus back to life, okay? So that's how the story's going to end here eventually, so, uh, you know, spoiler alert. But Jesus knows what he's going to do. Jesus knows that he's going to walk up to the tomb here in just a moment. We'll read it. And when we get there, I want you to act surprised and don't pretend like you didn't know this already. But Jesus is going to say, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus is going to get out. And, and Lazarus is going to be fine. But, but in this moment, Jesus is not focused on what he knows. He's focused on what he feels. And what he feels is an anger that is so intense that it actually drives him to tears. And this is, this is my suspicion is that Jesus in that moment facing the death of a friend and seeing those that he loves weeping because they feel that same death in that moment he is reminded how in Genesis chapter 3 humanity gave the keys of of uh, of, of life over to the enemy if you will he humanity submitted themselves to the plan of Satan for their life and, and in that moment when that happened, death became inevitable for humanity. And Jesus is reminded how it was never supposed to be this way. Jesus was reminded that this was not what I wanted. I never wanted you and you and you or me to feel the pain that is associated with a loved one dying. I mean, the reason why death, whether they're nine or 90 years old, when we bury somebody that we love, the reason why it is always so hard is because it was never supposed to happen. 
We were never designed to experience that kind of pain. And Jesus, here in this moment, is reminded that this was not my plan. This is not what we wanted. Verse number 38. Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. Amen. Yeah, that's right. You guys happy to have kids in the house today? I know Ethan is. Yeah. Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. And Jesus said in verse 39, Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead four days. The smell will be terrible. I love, I love the King James here. Lord, by now he stinketh. He stinketh. (laughs) First of all, let me just ask you a question. What's standing between you and Jesus? What stone is there in front of Jesus' way to to having a face-to-face encounter with you? And the second thing I want to ask you is, is what in your life are you hiding from him because you're afraid of the smell? How many stinky things you got in your closet that you, you don't want anybody to find out, out about? You don't want him to even deal with because you're ashamed of it. Aren't you glad? I said, aren't you glad he's not afraid of your stink? <laughs> I mean, come on, that, that right there, that's good news today. Jesus is not afraid of your stink. He's not afraid of your mess. He's not afraid of your mistakes. He's not afraid of your past that you can't change. The shame that you've been carrying when he's the one who gave up his life so that you could be free from that guilt and shame. He's not afraid of it. He's not intimidated by it. He doesn't turn up his nose at it. He doesn't turn around and walk away. No, he keeps coming after us. Man, that's good news. Can you, can you celebrate the goodness of God for a moment? In verse 40, Jesus responded, Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You know, there's a really good illustration right there that, and we'll actually hit this a couple of times in the message with this story, is that Lazarus, needed the uh, interaction of other people to help him get into a position where Jesus could do the work that Jesus needed to do. Lazarus could not roll the stone aside by himself. That's That's why we have groups. That's why we have friends who are full of faith and the Holy Spirit who are there for us to help us when we can't help ourselves. And then in verse 43, Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. You guys know the preacher joke right there, right? That he had, if he didn't say Lazarus, that everybody in that graveyard be getting up. They'd been like the walking dead right there. I just want to tell you this morning. And I know this is simple, but don't let the simplicity of it rob you from the 
purpose of it. God is always calling you closer to Himself. Wherever you are in your walk with Christ. Pastor Wiseman's here today hanging out with us. But do you know why he's in church today? It's because the Lord is still calling him closer to himself. Just as my children, who are all under the age of 10 at this point, he is still calling them closer to himself. Wherever you are in the Lord, he is still calling your name, and he is calling you closer to himself. Verse 44 And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave cloths, his face wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Now, I want to take a moment today and have some fun and better illustrate to each one of us what is happening here in this moment. So if my wife would come, I need some help in the house today. If you are in round number one, get on up here. Taylor walking slow. Yeah, we don't know what's, we don't know how this is gonna work out. Now, a year ago, we couldn't even buy this stuff that we're handing out. Aren't you thankful that you can get TP again? <laughs> Preach. It took, took toilet paper to get an amen. You smell what I'm stepping in, Don? You picking up what I'm putting down? Some of y'all are so offended right now, I can't help it. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We've got three teams right here. We got, we got Team Taylor, we got Team Stinky, and we got Team Chad. <laughs> and they are going to compete to see, <laughs> to see, you stinketh, I'm sorry. Um, they're going to compete to see which one of them can look like Lazarus the fastest? You remember Lazarus was wrapped up, right? He was alive. Like, let, let me say it like this. Lazarus wasn't dead anymore, but he wasn't really quite alive yet. Right? Right? All right. So on the count of three, and don't take too long because them hot dogs is calling my name. On the count of three, I want you to go, okay? All right, you ready? One, two, three. All right. We don't have any music playing, so I just want you to imagine the Space Jam theme song in your hand right now. Can we give it up for Team Taylor? What about Team Stinky? I mean, Lindsay. Team Chad. Go, 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 go. Maybe we should have just done, you got the big rolls of toilet paper, Kristen. 
Who is flinching right now at the waste of all this paper product? Yeah. Yeah, me too. That's like good toilet paper too. Taylor doing pretty good here. Team. Come on, Hudson. Come on, Hudson. Get in there. I love how they have your face covered up, Lindsay. All right. I'm going to give them 20 more seconds. Y'all going to help me count? I'm going to start at one, though, because I can't, count, I can't count backwards in my head. All right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. All right, drop your TP, drop your TP. All right, we're going to vote. We're going to vote. We're going to vote. All right, kids, stand behind the stinky people. All right, if you think Team Taylor is the best Lazarus mummy, let me hear you give it up for Team Taylor. If you think Team Stinky Face is the best. What about, what about Mr. Chad? Oh, sorry. I think Team Stinky got it. We all think. All right. All right. You have to stay like that the rest of the day. All right. I need my second round. Y'all go ahead and start getting ready. Julie, I want you to get all this and put it in the bathrooms. Just throw it on the floor. If you're upset about us wasting this toilet paper, you're welcome to take it when we're done. Let's go, Jesse. Jesse, you have to come. Give it up for Jesse. All right. We got Team Chad right here. Can we hear you? Give it up for Team Chad. She said, don't be mean. All right, let's hear it for Team Julie. Team. A few years ago, uh, Julie helped me with a sermon illustration where she pretended to be a urinal. So um, if you weren't here for that message, I know that you're confused right now. Trust me, it was all in good taste. But, um, but yeah, so anyway, and then give it up for Team Jesse. All right. You guys ready? You ready, Chad? All right. On your mark, get set, go. That was weak. That was weak. 
Hey, y'all make sure you get Julie's face. Who needs to roll? I can't throw that far, Carlos. <laughs> All right, let's count down from 10. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, Two, one, zero. Drop your TP. Drop the TP. Hey, I said drop it. You're about to be disqualified, Alyssa. All right. Let's start on this side now. I don't even remember who's over here now. I can't even, I can't even see it. Oh, I hear that voice, though. I know. It's that, that same voice. All right. If you think Team Jesse won it, let me hear you give it up for her. What about Team Julie? Team Chad. Oh. I think Team Chad got it. All right, all right. All right, give it up for all of our awesome volunteers having a little kids' house fun. Starbucks or Taco Bell? My goodness. This is spectacular. Don't fall. I'm just going to leave it up here for the next few weeks at least. That looks, I like it. Aren't you glad that we can have fun in church? In verse 25, are you done? In verse number 25, Jesus, Jesus tells Martha that He is the resurrection and the life. And I, I've never thought about this before getting ready for this message. It was interesting to me that Jesus didn't just say, I am the resurrection. But he made a specific difference between not being dead and being fully alive. And I really think that's where a lot of Christians live their life. Somewhere in the middle between not being dead but still not being fully alive. Verse 44 again says, The dead man came out, his hands 
and feet were bound in grave cloths, his face wrapped in a head cloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. You see, Lazarus wasn't dead anymore. But he wasn't yet fully alive either. He was still wrapped up. And all the stuff, sorry, I just messed up your pile. He was still wrapped up in all the stuff that kept him from living a fully alive life. What's holding you back? What's still got you wrapped up? Is it somebody that you refuse to forgive? Is it a past that you refuse to let go of? Maybe shame or guilt that you still just just keep a little bit there to remind you of the past that you can't change. Maybe the person you really need to forgive is yourself. I know this is simple. I know it's silly and we're using toilet paper for fun and under most circumstances, there's nothing that fun about toilet paper. <laughs> we just want to make sure we have enough of it. That's really where it comes into play at. But I just feel like today that there's plenty of us in this room. We're just holding on to stuff. Or rather, we're allowing stuff to hold on to us. That we need to let go of. Or maybe we need the help of somebody else to help get it off of us. I think many of us are just living half alive because we haven't yet been released from the things of our dead life, of our old life. Probably my favorite verse in this whole story, though, is verse 45. Many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw what happened. And I'm here to tell you that as you allow the Holy Spirit to continually transform your life, to help you let go of things in your life that are not associated with your resurrection life, they're associated with that old dead life. And as you allow the Lord and as you allow people in your life that you trust that are good and that are close to God, as you allow those people to help get you unraveled and unwrapped from the things that were associated with that dead life, others will begin to see the good work of Jesus in your life. And before you even have time to preach a sermon, your changed life will preach that sermon for you. And other people will point themselves toward Jesus because they see the work that He's done in your life. So today, really simple, really easy, really basic, but also so true and so relevant for so many of us. What do you need to remove that's standing between you and the Lord? For Lazarus, it was that stone, right? It was that it was that thing in front of him, and he couldn't even move it himself. He needed outside help to make a way so that Jesus could have full interaction with him. 
And so is there anything in your life that just needs to be gone? That just needs to get, you need to get rid of it. What about, are you responding to the call of Christ to come closer to Him? You know, for each and every one of us, He is always calling us closer. He is always calling us into deeper relationship with Him. And so as that stone was moved away, Jesus spoke, Lazarus, come forth. And and it wasn't about, He didn't say, Lazarus, come to life, or, or Lazarus, tell people about me, or Lazarus, do this or Lazarus do that. It was just Jesus saying, here I am, come come to where I am. And that's really ultimately the call of Christ for every single one of us. It's not about what we do. It's not even about how we do it. It's that we are going toward the sound of His voice. And everything else, while may, it may be important compared to following His voice, it's just a detail. you need to release something today. Something that's hindering your ability to fully follow Jesus. Man, I've had so many of these things in my life. Even to this day, I'm still finding patches of my past that want to define me rather than His Word over my life defining me. be out cutting grass. I don't know why cutting grass does this to me, but I'll be out cutting grass and I'll start thinking about somebody in my past who did me wrong. You know, did me wrong. Before I know it, I'm sitting there thinking about all the things I want to say to them. <laughs> Y'all, am I the only one that ever does anything silly like that? My jaws start hurting because I'm sitting there gritting my teeth. pretty safe in assuming that there's a lot of us in this room today there are still things on us that we have got to get rid of because they are associated with that old dead life and even though we're not dead we're still carrying that mess around with us and as God removes the barrier as we begin to respond to the call and as we begin to release the things that defined who we were and not who we are our life will begin to reveal to this world around us that so desperately needs the hope of Jesus it will reveal that there is one who loves you in spite of your stink there is one who calls you even when there's things in the way and there is one who wants to release you from that past you can't change, from that unforgiveness that you've been carrying around, and he he's the one who can take it off. That's the Lord in that. It's simple, right? Oh, this is a kid's message, but how many adults need to hear that today? You may throw it. I will look a little bit. I want to invite you to stand this morning. Today, if you need to remove something that's standing in the way of you following Jesus, if you need to respond to the call of Christ in your life, if you need 
to let go of something that you've been holding on so that your life can be used to reveal the goodness of God to those around you. Would you just lift your hand high in the air? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and tell you. I got mine up. This is one of those altar calls where I'm, I'm responding to it myself. There's things in my life that, Lord, I've been carrying that around for 25 years. And I need to let that go. I got to let that unforgiveness go. I got to let that bitterness go. I got to let that pain of that past, I got to let it go. Is there anybody else? Lift it high in the air. Lift it high. Lift it high. Father, let's pray together. Father, I thank you for every man, woman, and child in this room right now. That through the outward expression of lifting a hand, it's just saying, Jesus, I need you. Today, I might need you to remove that barrier. Today, I might need you to help me to respond to your call. Today, I might just need you to help me to release that thing that I've been holding on to. That thing that isn't the new life in Christ, but rather it's that old life that I brought with me and I didn't think it was going to cause any problems, but it's hanging on and it's, it's holding me back and it's, it's trying to define me. It's trying to change me. But Jesus, I need to let that thing go because that's not the life you've called me to live. And Lord, in all of that, that our lives would be used by you to point people towards you. As we take a few moments in worship this morning, if, if you need special prayer, specifically in any of those areas, to, to let go of something, to, to hear the call of God in your life, whatever it may be, I'm not going to... I'm not going to count down. I'm not going to do anything to try to coerce you to come. But if, if, you're, if you're desperate enough to say, Lord, I need you to move in my life in these areas, I want to invite you over the next few moments to make your way to this altar so that we can pray together and believe God to help you get that stuff off of your life so that you can follow Him fully. In the name of Jesus, God, would you lead us?